right, and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Between the Screens with Ed and Stacy, a movie podcast that also encompasses pop culture, books, movies, theme parks sometimes, but mostly <laughs> when Stacy lets me, because otherwise it would just be all the time. Uh, I am your host, the Eddie McCabe, joined as always by my one and only, no, not one and only, because we have a whole friend group. There's a group chat. You, you got not invited. <laughs> uh, but my film school friend, or as Lee, like, we like to say around here, FSF, um, Stacy Connery. Stacy, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. See, this week's episode, very fun, because usually we do this podcast in the same room, mm -hmm. but you decided to go on vacation, so I <laughs> decided to do my uh, part of the show from a hotel yeah, room. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm, can, I was just right before you started recording, I was kind of checking out the room behind you, and it looks really nice. Yeah, so um, this is just going to be a sweet, cheap plug. Uh, I am staying in a Marriott residence in, uh, which is one of their long-term stay venues. Mm -hmm. uh, it's for people that are going to be a while. And it comes with, like, a refrigerator and, like, an oven. And I'm only here for tonight, so. Where are you? In New Hampshire? Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay, fun. Yeah, Ish. real fun. Kind real, of. Real fun. Sometimes. You know, uh, one of us decided to go south. Where mm -hmm. there is just fun and sun, and I decided to go to Manch Vegas. <laughs> so, uh, but so because we knew that that was going to happen, we decided to do something a little bit different. So normally, and we'll get to it in a moment, uh, we start off with our uh, favorite things from years that we were alive: movies, video games, television shows, books, things like that. So we'll be covering 1994 in a minute. But then right after that, uh, we heard from you guys that you liked our deep dive into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So last week we told you watch Interview with a Vampire because we're gonna do Interview with a Vampire. You know, you actually said maybe we'll live stream, which then I got questions about, which we never actually discussed live streaming. So here's the thing: um, sorry. nobody asked me. That's true. Nobody, nobody asked, asked you. me. I would have set it up. We could have done it. That's why. The Eddie McCabe on all forms of social media. Yeah, ask Ed. He does yeah, the technical I'll, stuff. Yeah, I'll set. It. I'll do that. We could do that. I. We really should start like a Discord, just okay. to kind of start funneling people there. Um. You know, I don't know how to do that. That's more your jam. But it's easy. That's easy. Yeah. I can do that. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that, that off air. Off. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be doing Interview with a Vampire a little bit later and then covering the things that we're excited about. Uh, so let's just jump right in to uh, movies from or things from 1994. Uh, do you remember what you were doing at this time? I very much remember what I was doing. I was up to no good. Um, I was 15, turning 16. My birthday's at the end of the year, so it's always, like, weird how old sure. I was for the years. But, yeah, no, I was in high school, and um, I was full of shenanigans back in the day. Oh. Um, so I was seeing a lot of movies, though, in theaters, like, a lot, a lot of movies in theaters. Most of – a lot of the, the movies on my list I saw in the theater – back right. then so so that's yeah. fun um i was in kindergarten <laughs> <laughs> you were full of shenanigans too and you know I, it 
I was. Um, I'm, it really kind of depends. It depends on what part of 1994, because I broke my arm in the first grade. Um, and so if it was the earlier part of the year, then I was in kindergarten. In mm-hmm. the latter part of the year, I was in first grade and I broke I mean, my arm. I'll just it was give very you, fun. I'll give you a tad bit of what kind of things I was doing in 94. A friend of in my friend group had a very large conversion van and for some reason we decided one night to drive to vermont and sleep in the van and then drive home the next day (laughs) so that was kind of things i was doing in 1994 like i said i was not up to much good yeah um so do any movies i have a wide wide range of movies from 1994 because i see everything uh, so you go, you go first. Okay. Well, I have like I'm sure the ones that you're going to talk about, which are like the big ones, the ones that I saw in the theater. But so I'll start with the ones that maybe you won't talk about that I was actually loving at the time as well. And that my biggest one from there that probably won't come up is In the Mouth of Madness, which okay. is now John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Um. It's a Sam Neill movie. It's a horror movie, I guess, technically, yeah. And he's like a Stephen King-ish type writer that um, goes missing. And okay. so his his publisher and and the insurance guy who, like, insures him for the publisher okay. go to find him. And they find this town that's, like, the town from his books, which is, like, the equivalent of, you know, Stephen King always does the New Hampshire town thing. Yeah. And he has – and it's just – it's a really – crazy weird fun movie that i love um like i said i think it was last week i made my friend watch this movie when she made me watch newsies that was the trade-off <laughs> so. sure sure uh so i think that there, for me it's weird because there are there are two very very different like movie categories uh, that i that i have here because there's like what I actually was like watching in 1994, yeah. and then there are like movies that are inc- incredibly impactful to me that yeah. are not movies that I saw at the time, mm-hmm. but definitely, definitely did see. Right? I will you know. Say that everything on my list, which is not always the case, but I think everything on my list I either watched in '94 or like not long after when it came out on video sure. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, cause right off the bat, uh, Shawshank Redemption and mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction are yep. both released this year. Yep. Uh, those are incredibly impactful movies, both for me and like culturally, sure. yes. um, Leon, the professional, which yep. is a movie that's surprisingly a lot of people, haven't seen like okay. for like as good as it is there are a mm-hmm. lot of people that just haven't seen this movie maybe because it's 1990, maybe 1994 is you know <laughs> gulp 30 years ago so and we don't talk about time like that <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> we maybe don't talk, i've already revealed how old i was then we don't talk about how long ago it was too sure sure uh forrest gump yep you know, you know, ultra like also incredibly impactful. Uh, and then there are some like 
not cinema related impactful, but Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, uh, you know, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective are all movies released this year that are absolutely fantastic. Cult hit The Crow. Uh, Brandon yep, The Lee, Crow. Uh, son of Bruce Lee dies and becomes the spirit of vengeance. This and, movie and was so. Go what? ahead. I was nope, going to say, this movie was so popular that it inspired Sting to fight the NWO. <laughs> it's very true. He he was very... Really? Yeah, so well, he was surfer Sting, where he had, like, blonde hair, and he wore, like... He wore face paint, but it was, like, bright and colorful. And mm-hmm. then uh, The Crow came out, and he became The Crow. That was, I, that was it. I hear... I heard a while back that Jason Momoa is going to play that the lead in the remake or reboot of it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. interesting. Yeah. Be I don't know if that's still that. the case, but that's the yeah. last thing I heard about it, but uh, I actually rewatched it not that long ago for a, um, a um, graphic novel ranking show. Okay. I rewatched the crow and it holds up well, except for CGI fire, but that never held up well, yeah, even no, when it started. Bad. So, um, yeah. Um, it's, clerks. It's, yeah. Clerks yep. is very is very impactful. There are I could go on and on. It's it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do have to get to the like the kids movies that I watched. Okay, well you're missing one that I know must yeah. be on your list. I can't name them all. So. No, but there's a Keanu movie. Yeah, Speed. I wa- yeah. I might have actually watched this in 1995. That might have them. That might have been it. My parents knew how much I loved Bill. And actually, it was probably my grandfather. My grandfather probably had speed and was just like, uh, because I distinctly remember watching it. And then when, uh, what was it? Uh, I've not Dennis Hopper because he's the bad guy. Um, who was his friend played by? It's not um, I don't remember. Daniels, right? I only know him and Sandra Bullock. Uh, but basically, his his cop buddy gets blown up, and he um, my my parents were like, "Don't watch that." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, fine." I watched Dennis Hopper get decapitated at the end of this, but yeah, this fiery explosion that looked cool. No, mm-hmm. that's that's a bridge too far. Um, I, this was a big year of movies uh, for me as like for like kids movies because yeah. there was another movie that I didn't name. And that is because it is the first movie that I saw in the movie theater. And that was The Lion King. I saw it in the movie theater, too, but I was on a date. Um, Here's the thing. I saw it in a movie theater down the Cape. And so I highly doubt that it was at the same time, but it could have been the same movie theater. It could have been. So that's a real that's a really fun fact. I went with it my mom. It is a fun fact. I went on a yeah. date with my mom. I went on a date to that. I think I saw it twice in the theaters. Okay. I don't, I don't remember, but it was like, so the theater that I went to at that time, they had a cheap night on Tuesdays. So we went on Tuesday night because it was summer, which yeah. sometimes we went on Tuesday night when it was school anyway. I really kind of did whatever I wanted. Um, <laughs> and so we went on Tuesday and it was packed. It was yeah. completely packed. It must have been the first Tuesday that it was out because it was completely packed. And it was back when I remember waiting in line, like way through the food court because it's a mall. And yeah. I was just like, it was nuts. But yeah, no, Lion King's great. Um, great. I love it. Uh, for, in terms of other children's movies, The Swan Princess, which is a very underrated movie that mm-hmm. kind of came out that year because it's not a Disney movie. I nope. don't know 
I don't know what studio did it, but it's about a princess that basically has a curse that she turns into a swan. And then, yeah, it's Swan Lake. Swan Lake. It's fun. Uh, Little Giants. I remember seeing The Page Master with oh, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. Uh, another Bluth production, A Troll in Central Park. Mm-hmm. The direct-to-VHS sequel of... Uh, the director of VHS sequel for Aladdin, Aladdin 2, Jafar's yeah, Revenge. I, I watched that quite a bit. So that movie, very fun fact, is one of the most um, prominent reasons why the relationship between Robin Williams and Disney strained. And okay. they didn't really reconcile until he they reconciled with his estate mm-hmm. uh, after his death. And that is because... Robin Williams is not in Return of Jafar. He does not right. play the genie in that. And he was really mad about that. He was like, I created this character from top to bottom, and you just didn't ask me if I wanted to do it. Because they didn't want to pay him, I'm sure. It was a direct-to-DVD uh, or VHS so, back then. So the thing is, is that he does return for the third one. Mm-hmm. He does return in the third one. Um, I uh, the, is that the, the Prince of Thieves. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's. Uh, the, and that the, was also with his a direct, dad one. Yeah, that's also a direct to VHS yes. sequel, but it, um, but it, had it like the marketing was Robin Williams is back. Right. Uh, yeah, there's another those. one that there's one that me and my sister watched all the time, and that was uh, Trading Mom. Did you ever okay. see that one? I it's don't about think these, so. It's about these kids that, like, don't want to have their – they don't want their mom anymore. So mm-hmm. they, like, find this mysterious mom market, and they're able to, like, <laughs> flop her out for different people. It's a wild movie. Uh, that sounds then, fun. Yeah, it was. It was It was weird, but fun. Uh, and then the last one is uh, D2, by Vex. Oh, yes. Where, where they go to the definitely, definitely real – um junior olympics <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so real so, i remember so those real. happening all the time yeah um i have a handful that we didn't mention that i won't like dive into i'll just rattle off and they are true lies mm-hmm. natural born killers mm-hmm. heavenly creatures airheads reality bites airheads little is so airheads is so good <laughs> Airheads should get more love. It should. It definitely should. Um, Reality Bites, Little Women, and actually this one I am going to say a little bit about New Nightmare, which was, I think, the – I always get bad with numbers. It was the last Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and people have a very love-hate relationship with it, I guess, for the most part. But it was the precursor to Scream. Like, this was was Wes Craven – Doing meta, like, it took place in the real world. Heather Lincoln Cap, whoever you say her last name, played herself. Um, Robert England played himself. And, like, Freddie came out of the movies and into their real lives. And, yeah, so a lot of people did not like that. <laughs> Especially, like, you know, I guess Nightmare Purists. I don't know. But I loved it. It's probably my second favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, I remember really liking that one. I remember really liking that one because it was so different, I think. Right. Yeah, it's very different. I think has to be has to be um, my reasoning. And it's um yeah, it is it's different and it's 
a lot of fun if you like that kind of thing. Okay, I just got two of you somehow. Going remote's always so fun. It uh, is so fun. <laughs> I'm going to just close this one and hopefully the other one stays. Okay, good. You're still there. Great. Right. Uh, so is that it for movies? Can we move in, on to TV in shows? In the Santa Claus. And yes, that's oh, it. I forgot about the Santa Claus. That's I, all right. I Everybody knows the Santa Claus. We don't have to talk about what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so television shows. Do you have any television shows that stick so out? So there are two really big ones and two really big ones for me. Sure. The two really big ones are Friends in ER. Both yes. started in 94. So, um, And I watched them both. Uh, yeah. ER, I didn't complete. Friends, I did complete. ER, I didn't complete. But they're both huge for, like, pop culture in general. The craziest thing about ER was is it went to 2009. Yeah, it was on first because it had, like, a completely different cast by then. Yeah. Basically, after Anthony Edwards was off the show... I think that's around the time I stopped watching it, which was probably like 10 years in, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and then Friends I watched all of. But the two that were big for me, one of them is one of my favorite shows ever, but it was very prematurely canceled after one season. Um, the first one is Party of Five. Yeah. That had um, Scott Wolf and, um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting the most famous guy's name from it. The guy, Matthew Fox from Lost. He was on there. Lacey Chabert was on there, who... Yep. You might know from Mean Girls or from a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah. Um, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, how did I forget Nev Campbell? Um, so, yeah, they were a bunch of orphans. And Matthew Fox played the eldest brother who was over 18. So yeah. he's kind of in charge and had custody. And he gets, um, what does he get? Look, is it? He gets, I think, bone marrow cancer or something oh, or leukemia. I don't know. He gets some horrible disease. But so that was one. And then the real big one for me was My So-Called Life. Okay. With, yeah. With Claire Danes as Angela and and um, my introduction to Jared Leto as Jordan Catalano. Okay. And it was just fantastic 90s teenage angst in all its glory. It was so good. Even my, I introduced my daughter to it years later and she loves my so-called life. Like it just, it's so sad. It only got the one season and it got canceled when it did because it got rave reviews and the people yeah. that watched it loved it so much. If it was now, I think it definitely would have either had a second life on streaming or it would have had a campaign that brought it back because yeah. it's just back then we didn't have that stuff. Well, because I feel like it's, spiritual successor is that um that one that zendaya's in euphoria yeah i love euphoria but i mean i guess kind of i'm not and i don't mean totally the same i know what I mean. you mean but it's like it's a very teenage angst of now yeah as my so-called life was then it was very yes, much correct the, that's exactly like, what I mean. like i i completely get that but yeah um it's just a shame because it's also hard to be like hey you should check out this show it's so great but it's just gonna end and and, gonna gonna, and then you're gonna be sad <laughs> like, uh so i have i have a bunch of shows you know you you named the two big ones but so i'm just gonna go with ones that were kind of personal to me uh mm -hmm. spider-man the animated series mm -hmm. that show from top to bottom uh is fantastic uh if you like spider-man then i highly highly recommend it they the end of the show like the end of the the run of the show ends with secret wars and then basically into the spider-verse oh, nice. 
So just for those two storylines alone, uh, it's fantastic. And I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, The Secret World of Alex Mack was Mm -hmm. a live action Nickelodeon show. Mm -hmm. It only lasted for a few seasons, but it was fun for kids. Uh, I really, really liked it. Gargoyles, the TV show. I did like Gargoyles. That was one of those Disney shows that the movie, the animated movie was absolutely fantastic. And then mm-hmm. the show carried it over. We also got Aladdin this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aladdin we did. Television the, show, the show. And that was fantastic. All that. I have a personal story with all that. And I'm pretty sure you know this story. I don't know. You have a lot of stories. That's true. I do. <laughs> um, I was almost on all that. Um, okay. They basically, when they influxed the second like infusion of talent with mm-hmm. uh, Danny Temporelli and I believe Nick Cannon was in that, um, I got very very far in the audition process to nice. be on all that. Uh, sister, sister. Yes, you, sister, sister. Yeah. Do you ever watch Sister, Sister? That was. I did. That one was always fun. I always really really enjoyed it. And then we we got a a slew of. We got a slew of Power Ranger clones. Oh, okay. So so this year, this year, uh, or last year, Power Rangers debuts. It's a monster hit. And mm-hmm. the thing with the Power Rangers was that they bought the rights to all of this Japanese footage of the actual, like, people in the costumes. They bought the whole show, but they just used that part. They cut it up. So that they the human parts that they filmed, they did it on the extreme cheap. Just watch the first season. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And they were like, oh, my God, this has the potential to make so much money, so much money. So what we'll do is, is we're just going to buy a bunch of other ones and just basically try to do it again. Oh, and, goodness. And it had varying degrees of success. Um there were two that come to mind right right now, and that was VR Troopers, which is awful. It is absolutely awful. It was supposed to be a spinoff for Jason David Frank, the Green Power okay. Ranger. Yep. It was supposed to be a spinoff for him, but the show was so bad that they ended up reshooting a bunch of the like human people stuff mm-hmm. so that they could put in a different person so that uh, he could go back to Power Rangers because <laughs> because he was much better off there. And right. then the other one was um, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Oh, God. And Matthew Lawrence is the star of that one, of really? Lawrence Brothers fame. He plays that, and then it's like he gets – he becomes a superhero that fights in the computers. He, like, fights in – he, like, fights inside computers. Like Tron? Kind like, of. It, kind of. It's the same style as, like, the Megazord battles, but it's – Okay. It's different. Um, my favorite one, at least by name, because it's also absolute garbage, is – Tattooed teenager, teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. <laughs> I, I was not aware this existed. Yeah, no, and you should, you should um, absolutely watch uh, all of these and find them on YouTube and at least watch trailers because they're all hilarious. But I will end the television portion, my television portion anyway, of uh, on a positive because I have to talk about anime in every episode. And here we go. And that would be Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Okay. Uh, 
it is absolutely fantastic. It's basically giant human robots or giant robots and they all fight, but it's like pro wrestling. It's a lot of intrigue. It's very, very fun. Okay. So now if that's is that it for television? That's it for me for TV. I got a couple of games and a couple of books. Hit me with the books. To, to hit you real quick. The books, these are just the, I narrowed it down because there's always so many like big kind of well-known books every year, but I decided to just stick to ones I've actually read. Because okay. other ones obviously aren't that important to me. I didn't read them. Sure. Um, that, that checks out. So ones that I actually read then in 94 were um, John Grisham's The Chamber. I did really, I read a lot of John Grisham books for a little while. And eventually I was just like, this is kind of, I'm kind of done with this. Like after a while, I don't know which one I fell off on specifically, but I do know when the chamber came out, I was still reading them when they were released. And then as always, because he's prolific and because I've always been a fan, we have a Stephen King book. And I actually did not find it on my initial looking in the list. And then I looked up a Stephen King book list because I was like, he had to have released one in 94. He has one like every year. So that one was insomnia was the Stephen King book of 1994. Um, And then the other two that I've read since or listened to in one case is the first Witcher book, blood of elves and the fifth wheel of time book. Oh, interesting. Also came out. Yes. And um, that's it for books. I did not read. You didn't read. No, you were in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, I was still learning how to. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Maybe the cat in the hat. Maybe we got that far. Okay. You know what I mean? In kindergarten, that's right on point. Like nothing to be ashamed of there. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, So do you have any games? I have two games. Right. You have one of my favorite games ever. That I wish I could get now, and I've tried, and I haven't been able to find it for, like, PS5 download or anything. Um, It was a fighting game that I was amazing at, and it's called Killer Instinct. I I knew it was going to be Killer Instinct. Who made this game? I I always played as this chick that, like, I could morph into, like, a tiger cat. Not a tiger. It's like a panther or something. I don't remember exactly what kind of wild cat it was. I mean, it was, what did you say, 30 years ago? But, um, yes, I, I... beat all the boys at this game. I beat the game itself. I fucking loved Killer Instinct so much. Um, and then the other one, the other types of games I played, Cruisin' USA. Sure. Nice little car game. Classic. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time came out this year, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, of the original of the original Sonic and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog games, I believe this is by far the best one. Uh, there, and not to mention that later in 1994 they released the Sonic and Knuckles game. Yep, I saw and that when I was looking. That at was them. awesome because the back in the day, kids, we had cartridges, which mm. was basically a thing that looked like your phone but went in the console instead of. <laughs> and sometimes you had to blow on it, which sometimes we don't really you had to know blow why. on it. Because it wouldn't work, you know. Maybe it was dusty. I think that was always um, the you thought. Know, like a Nintendo Switch. There it is. Right. The, the game <laughs> cartridge for a Nintendo Switch, just much bigger and way dustier. And but so you would put that in, and you could put either Sonic Two or Sonic Three on it, and you could play as Knuckles uh, in either one of the games. It was a ton of fun. Donkey Kong Country is one of the most beautiful Super Nintendo games I I ever saw. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, this game also, this next game gets, uh, really underrated because 
the one right after it is all time, all time great. Okay. But that would be Final, Final Fantasy VI. Yep. Final Fantasy VI. If you haven't played it and you just started at seven, like I did, like so many other people did. That would be me. Yeah, I highly recommend, now that you understand what Final Fantasy is, go back and play it. Kefka is awesome. Kefka is an amazing boss, uh, an evil bad guy, fan-fantastic. Super Metroid is released Mm -hmm. this year, which is very fun because it's one half of the genre of a Metroidvania. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is basically the map is kind of open and you can kind of tackle things in whatever order you want, provided that you unlock certain things to unlock certain other areas. And so progression isn't 100% linear. Uh, It's kind of cool. It's really fun. Castlevania and Metroid are very, very well known for that. Hollow Knight is another example of a a more popular recent game, but it kind of started with Super Metroid. Okay. My video game fun fact of the day is that because there was a movie uh, tie-in to the the video game was a tie-in to the movie The Lion King. Yeah. And the funniest part about The Lion King is that they made this game impossibly hard. And yeah, the, I think so, I had it. Yeah, the reason they made it impossibly hard was because they didn't want you to be able to beat it when you rented it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want you, a kid to just rent the game, be able to beat it, and never play it again. They wanted kids to not be able to beat it. And then uh, buy it. And then beg their parents to buy it, which I'm pretty sure I did. Because mm-hmm. I could not get past the stupid monkeys in the I just can't wait to be king level. Yeah, I yes, I did have it. I think I never got past, like, the hyenas. Yeah, sure. Like, I think I never <laughs> sure. got, I was just like, whatever, fuck this. Um yeah. Um, not from 1994, but related news when it comes to video games is that we got last week a trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yep. Which will be out early 2024. Fingers crossed it stays early. And I read it's going to be on two PS5 discs. Yeah. So how massive is that? That's wild. So I'm really excited because I think that that means that this, it might just be two parts. Right. Like, I remember hearing that they were going to have, three. like, five different releases. Oh, really? At one point. It went from five to three to this two discs, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. So it's it's gone down. But I remember, like, initially them being like, it's going to be five games. Well, because like, they can sell each of them separately, so. Yeah. I was like, look, is that awful? Yes. Am I like I was so I like the rest of the Internet. I was so mad when they announced that the first like part one was just going to be the Midgar section. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this before. I'm like, that's That's the the worst part. part. Yeah. (laughs) But the game was good. I I can't wait, though. I absolutely love it. I I cannot wait to actually like play the rest of this game yeah it's gonna be massive i think it's gonna be a ton of fun i hope that this is it i hope that they realize that it's just like look we'll just do the two discs on the one right. game or keep it a three and then give me another two disker at the end right i mean there's so much in there that it could just be two discs because it's so open world and you have all yeah. the different ways even just the different ways of getting around like if they i did see the chocobos 
on in the trailer. I didn't see like if you had like the ships and the like you know yeah. all the different. You have to have around. a high wind, at right? Some point. Right, right. So I'm like maybe that's why it's so big because I, depending on how you're traveling, it's gonna be I different. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if the next game is two discs. Each continent gets a, uh, yeah gets a disc. Mm-hmm. So you're outside of Midgar in that whole continent, right. and then you have to switch discs when discs you cross, to cross the over. And then one that whole part is the rest of the game. And then I would say, if we get to the cloud loses his marbles is in a coma, mm-hmm. if we get to that part, I would end the game there. Yeah. On like a cliffhanger, and then do the rest of the game in the. Do in a, you moment. do you think? I don't want to do spoilers if anybody's playing hasn't played the original, but do you think we get the big Aerith moment? I have to imagine that it's this going one? to be incredibly different. You do? Uh, okay. I So <laughs> here's the thing about both of these games, which I love. I absolutely, because I love the first one, and the second one is so different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so different that 100%. it... It is just like retelling in a very fun and engaging way the story that I already know, but then purposely deviates from it. Yeah. The meta commentary inside the game about the game itself is amazing because the end of the game, the end of that particular game changes everything. Right. You know, and I think that there's a lot of stuff that they showed, particularly with a character that we thought was dead or Mm -hmm. had known to always be dead. And that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. You know, so I think that the world is kind of open in the trailer for in the trailer for the I forget what the what it's called. But rebirth. the first one's remake and the second one's rebirth. Yeah, and so it's going to be Genova. It's going to be all of yeah. her things. I forget right. what they are. but um, I, And we get Yuffie. I saw yeah. her in there, too. Well, she was in Integrate. Yeah, and she's in Crisis Core. But yeah. I don't know how much. Like, I only saw her once real quick. Yeah, you get to play as Red. Yeah. So that'll be fun. You'll probably get Sid and Vincent in the second I would, disc. I would imagine. All right, we're already, like, 40-some-odd minutes in, and yeah. we haven't yeah, been we gotten to the big topic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So there was a movie in 1994 that we did omit, and we did it on purpose. I mentioned that we were going to do it on purpose, and that is Interview with a Vampire. So um, this is one of your favorite entertainment entities, I would Correct. say. Correct, yes. I would, you know, I, I think that that's because you love the book, you love the movie, you love the television show that it's a part yes. of. Uh, you're a huge Anne Rice fan. Mm-hmm, and very so, much so. So I want you to uh, kind of take the lead on this one. Okay. Well, just to say that, like, this movie was just made, it felt like it was made for me. When it came out, it came out on my birthday. It was my 16th birthday that this movie debuted on. I got the guy that I was crushing on to get his parents' car. And I think we had two cars, actually. And we all went to see it. Um, And... I loved it. And I hadn't read the books at this point. I actually tried to read the book before I saw the movie and where I was, I was like, like a drugstore or something back when they had decent book selection and they didn't have it. So I read a different Anne Rice book 
which okay. also was made into a show, which was um, the book was The Mayfair Witches. The Witching Hour is the name of the book, but it's The Mayfair Witch Chronicles, which eventually intersects with The Vampire Chronicles, and they now both have television shows. And I fell in love with that book, and I fell in love with that series, and then I fell in love with the movie, and then I did finally get my hands on the books. And in the movie, Lestat is obviously the antagonist where Louis is telling us the story from his perspective. And so from his perspective, Lestat's the bad guy of the movie. And that's fine. But then you start reading the series, and in every other book, Lestat's the protagonist. Sure. Um, and he is wild. Like, he is just my favorite character ever. Um, the movie itself, like if I was going to have like a top 10, my favorite movies of all time, I don't know that the movie on its own would make the list. Sure. I don't, you know, but because of how much I love the the whole series and how much I love Lestat in general as a character, the movie always is special to me. Right. Um, and I think they did a great, great, great job adapting it. So, and Anne Rice approved too. So you can't really get much better than that. Sure. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Christian Slater, Kristen Dunst's debut—all were fantastic. Antonio Banderas. Sorry, I'll stop naming I for, people. <laughs> I forgot Antonio Banderas was in this. Yeah. Um, so is uh, what's her name? Excuse me. She was in Nave in Westworld. Oh yes, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Yeah, she's yeah. a very small part in the beginning. Yeah, but I noticed her right away, which was kind yeah. of fun because you figure like that might have been one of her like her first, first roles. roles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so good for Thandy. her. I don't know if it's Tandy or Thandy. I couldn't remember. At the top of my head, now I'm like, oh god, that's gonna drive me crazy. But anyway, yeah. I want to know what you thought upon rewatch because you haven't so, seen the like, movie 1500 times like I have and sure. read the books. Uh, my feeling about Interview with the Vampire is the same as the first time I saw it, and that is is that I frustratingly liked it. <laughs> I frustratingly liked it, and and because I don't want to say I disliked it, but I think that every single section of the movie, I wanted more. Okay. You yeah. know, like I wanted more and it really felt like one of those situations that this was a early to mid 90s movie where we took this popular book and we're going to make it into a movie. But we have to hit the two hour runtime. Right. And I think that and I and I'm not going to sit here and give you like this movie would have been better at two hours and 30 yeah. minutes. It, yeah, but it what I, might be a little tiny bit over. I think it might be a little bit over two hours, but I don't know. But not sure. by much. I remember yeah. looking at the runtime and in a world where we get these full adaptations yeah. of these things. Now we do. Yeah. I'm very interested to see. And like it makes me want to read the book more. Mm-hmm. Because I, it feels like there is so much meat that was just kind of oh, yeah. left on this bone mm-hmm. that I think I needed. I just, I basically needed like a two or three scenes with every single relationship mm-hmm. because Louis and Lestat kind of figuring out their dynamic yeah. and like I think we could have leaned into that a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think we could have explored that way more once 
Kirsten Dunst, whose name escapes Claudia. Me. Claudia. Claudia coming in and their three dynamic kind of forming because she's a lot more like Louie. Right. I mean, not like Louie. Well, no, she's like, like Lestat. Lestat. She's like she's... Lestat, you know, where she's bloodthirsty and hungry. Right. And we never really explore how that makes Louie feel. Right. You know, like we get the one reference where Lestat says, oh, like, you know, he'll go back to eating rats. And she's like, you ate rats? And it's yeah. just, okay, so have you been gripping with this now that she's here? Are you feeling the peer pressure of your two mm-hmm. family members? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that there was a lot of, there was a lot of meat there. Him, Louis, and uh, I forget his name, but Antonio Banderas. Um, like, they're two characters because... Mm-hmm. Claudia sees it right away that she sees it right away. And again, like, you know, I think a television show now or like a movie now would kind of press this, but I think in 1994 we would have, we, they definitely steered far away from it. And I understand why, but Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, Claudia loves Louie. Like, and not just in that like father way, but kind of in that like Tinkerbell gets jealous of uh, Wendy yeah. kind of way. Right. You know, it's like and, innocent borderline innocent, like not quite, but not pushing because, too far past the innocence either. Yeah, because she's not is, sexual. It's that's not, what I guess the difference. It's not it's not completely innocent, like parental no, figure but love, it, but it's not sexual either. It's a life partner thing. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a life partner thing. And while there, I I hope, while there isn't a sexual component to their relationship, mm-hmm. they're emotionally dependent on each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they've been together for hundreds of years, or maybe not hundreds. No, not point, hundreds but, of years, no. But, you know, you get the point. They've been A lot of years. A decades. long, long time. They've been time. together for decades. Yeah, and which is still even a lot of time. It is a lot. It is. You know, like, and so it was tough because I feel like we could have explored her death a lot mm-hmm. more. You know, right. I I just, like, I just wanted more. I wanted more. And then the movie ends on kind of a cliffhanger. Oh, my God. I love the end of that movie so much. It's one of my favorite endings. of It, it just, Tom Cruise popping up and the way he delivers the lines in the, in the cue of the music, the needle yeah. drop, it's just all perfect affection to me i just i just love it and i hear the lines at the end in my head like all the time and i hear the song all the time it's like one of those things that i quote in my head but i don't say out loud because no one will know what the hell i'm talking about (laughs) like yeah uh, that ending of that movie is so satisfying but in a way that again makes you want more right you know so it's really it's really unfortunate that, like, especially in the 90s, we just didn't explore any of the other ones, mm-hmm. at least. Well, we did technically get a sequel, but it was a very – first of all, they skipped the second book, and sure. they made a sequel, to the, which was the third book, but then they had to incorporate – try to – fit in some of the stuff from the second book to make things make sense. Sure. Um, and so it's a hodgepodge because then on top of that, we're trying to stick to a two hour runtime. And we have different actors. We don't have Tom Cruise's little stat. And as much as, you know, Stuart, 
Townsend, he did his best. Yeah, and, you know, he's fine, but Lestat is such a specific character. Like, and he has, he's not necessarily, he shouldn't be likable. I guess that's what it is. Like, he shouldn't sure. be likable, but he's so charismatic and so charming. And so they call him the brat prince in the books. And the vampires call him the brat prince. Yeah. Like, that's exactly Tom Cruise. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want to like him, but we do. <laughs> God, I'll see every Mission Impossible movie till the day I right? die, because we all know Tom Cruise is going to outlive me. Because, and, and you know, in the books, like, he, he should have been killed so many times over, but he ingratiates himself. He charms the older vampires. He, like, sure. peop, they love him. They love him despite themselves. They don't want to love him, but they do. And so, yeah, Stuart Townsend couldn't pull that off. Um, sure. The show, the show is promising. I like the changes they made. I think they work. I think that you would particularly like it based on what you've said. The first season ends with um, Claudia and Louis thinking they've killed Lestat. Sure. So that's whole first season is up until that point. There are a couple of little changes I disagree with, mostly because I think they change character dynamics down the road in some ways. But okay. I think as far as storytelling goes in the show right now, they work. And it was mostly just in the movie and in the books. And I don't know how much it's clear in the movie, but in the books, Lestat is the one that turns Claudia and he does it to manipulate Louis into staying yeah. with him. He does it as a controlling thing. He does it to make him stay in the move in the show. Louis turns her. And I'm like, that just changes the whole dynamic of manipulation. Yeah. So that's one thing I don't love, but the show is also him now telling the story again in more hindsight, which is interesting. So, so it takes place in modern. That would be interesting if, you kind of make Louie an unreliable narrator. Right. You know, like, it'd be fun. That could be a fun, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, it also has... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he's and he's basically retelling it to a much older Daniel Malloy, who is the... I don't know if they ever call him by that name, but he is the Christian Slater character that's interviewing Louie. I forgot Christian Slater it's, was in this movie. Yeah, he's named... Um, his name is Daniel... And he's still he's telling it again to Daniel when Daniel is now like an old man. Okay. So. Huh. But um, it's all it's all there's a lot of books. Um, as as you know, Anne Rice decided to start writing them again, in like I don't know 2013 2014 ish times. Sure. They, they started in the 70s. Um, the first one came out in the 70s. I think I mentioned the fourth one last week as having come out in the 90s. We're going to get to my favorite. I think next week we might get to my favorite of the series. Um, And she's very thorough and like lore. But um, yeah, if you want more, I mean, the books really go off the rails. And I'm going to momentarily tell you where ultimately she decides vampires come from. Because we get a little bit. In the Vampire Lestat, which is the next book, we get a little bit of the story, which seems like the whole story. And then we start to get a little bit more and a little bit more. And in the last book, we get it just goes bananas. Um, but this is supposed to be about the movie. So, sure. so we can focus on that first. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just love the, the portrayals of the characters, I guess. Sure. It's part of what sells it so much for me. I think that Brad Pitt and, and Tom Cruise and Kristen and Antonio, even as Armand are just all, they're just all pitch perfect. Yeah. And I can, if you give me those characters that close to how they're written, sure. I could watch them do anything. Like, yeah. I just, I just want to live in that. Not, I don't really want to live in that world because I'm not a vampire. So it'd probably not be safe for me, at least not for a while. Eventually, they decide that they're going to mostly just drink from evildoers or they do like the little what they call the little drink, which means they don't kill you. They just kind of take a few sips. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then later on, they, they decide they're mostly going to just kill evil or bad people. Um, I guess that's so we can keep liking them. But sure. yeah, I wish the movie wasn't as like melancholy and sad he, as it was. He gets he gets a bit better going down the road. I mean, he does stop eating rats for one thing. He does, sure. you know, he, the evildoer, as they say, he will drink from the evildoer. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's not gone into even in the first book. So, yeah. Um a lot is a lot is revealed in the second book because it's from Lestat's point of view and all okay. that stuff Louis wants to know that he's always asking him about and like where he they come from him. and are there more no he doesn't tell him he tells us oh yeah because well, that's what I meant it's them basically he in universe the book is a book that that writer yeah. put out yes so uh, he what's his name? did you just say his name Daniel was? Daniel Daniel Malloy yeah so in the books Lestat kind of wakes up he's been kind of hibernating and he sees the book and he reads the book and he's like this is bullshit like you know let me tell you my story and he does and so yeah we learn a whole bunch of stuff that louis would have really liked to know (laughs) Um, sure sure but it would be real nice if if we can get some of that in the show yeah but that would be great even even if i never get anything else i can still love each part of it for what it is. And if you haven't seen the movie and you're still listening, one, we've kind of probably spoiled it, but, um, sure. also you know, again, the movie's almost 30 time. years old. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. You should check it out. Um, Kirsten Dunst, man is Claudia. Like I think doesn't get talked about enough. That was her first yeah. role. She's playing a child. I mean, she is a child and she's playing this, starts as a child but by the end of the movie she's like in her 30s but stuck in the body of a child and she does it so well for a little kid um yeah that was the other thing i didn't love that they changed was they aged claudia up some and it felt that way no and well they didn't so much in the i think she's six in the books in the movies she's about six to eight they aged her up to like pre-teen early teen in the show which I didn't love just because I felt like it it takes away some of that. Like she still does like has issues with dating, like she wants to date and stuff, but it takes away from the little girl who wants to develop into that woman, who wants breasts yeah, right. and who wants to just, you know, be able to grow up. Yeah. Um, I think it diminishes that slightly. I mean, she's still not fully grown up, but she's closer sure. um, in the show. So. 
Are you ready to hear where vampires come from? Since I we're am. At the, almost the hour, the hour mark. So, originally, now that we're at the, the end of the series for good, there is this alien race of bird-like creatures who said that yeah, when... Off the rails. Yeah, we're already off the rails, and you don't even know. So when asteroids hit the Earth and mammals became the dominant species, that was a mistake, and either birds or reptiles were supposed to be the dominant species. So they decide they're going to make what humans will think is a god and send him to Earth to destroy mammals. His what? name is Amel. Instead Steven? of destroying mammals... <laughs> Instead of destroying mammals, he builds Atlantis. And <laughs> oh, oh my God! Okay, <laughs> right? Did I tell you it's off the rails? It gets wild. So the bird aliens are real mad about this. First of all, they can't see what's going on. They have spy cameras all over Earth somehow. <laughs> yeah, right. They, well, because if I'm an alien bird race that wants to have, you know, reptile bird supremacy, <laughs> of course I'm gonna have. Uh, intergalactic nanny cams. Right. And they watch them too. And um, so they can't see inside Atlantis. So this really pisses them off even more. He's not destroying people. They can't even see what he's doing. So they're like, okay, we're going to make these like not quite as advanced. They call them like replamoids or something. And they're, they look human and they can come Please across as human. From the Black Lagoon. And they sit and they watch the cams and study humans. And so they're supposed to go down and and blow it all up. They're supposed to have, like, explosives built into them or something. And it, not only are they going to blow up, but when they blow up, they're going to release, like, toxins and diseases to kill all the humans. Sure. Well, of course, they decide they love it there. And they love the god guy. I, 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 guess, I can't believe I'm blanking. I'm pretty sure his name is. I'm going to have to, like, I can't. I just re-listened to the book. Well, I half read, half listened to it. And um, I think it's Amel, but um, now then you said Stephen Amel, and now I'm like, wait, am I like slightly off? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm afraid that I'm like mixing it up. Um, (laughs) So funny. Oh, and I don't have the book anywhere near me, of course, because I'm in Orlando. But anyway, so we're gonna have to figure. Well, we'll figure it out next week. Yes. So they go down. And they they fall in love with him and they fall in love with Earth and they decide that they don't even really know if there is explosives in them. They think it's all a lie. They find out that the bird people feed off of the suffering of humans. And that's why they're always watching these cameras that are set and like watching people grieve over loved ones and all this stuff because they're feeding off of our suffering. Oh, so, wild. Um, so they end up like they're this sounds like a planet. real backdoor pilot for Scientology. <laughs> Their whole thing, they, I don't know if they explode. I, it, it seems like their planet they're on blows up, but I don't think they all die. I don't really know. It doesn't say. But when they blow up, they have, you know, big asteroids that come down and wreck Atlantis and kill our god and our replamoid things. I'm not sure I'm getting that right either. So then he's a spirit and he decide he as a spirit um, becomes very attached to these two witches who get on the bad side of an Egyptian queen. Okay, classic. To to defend the witches against the queen, he possesses her 
and she drinks blood and becomes the first vampire. Okay. And then he becomes kind of the core for all vampires and it spreads from there. So this is where vampires come. So we have an alien. Well, no, the, the God was actually, let me backtrack. He was not made by the aliens. He was a human child, but he was like, had red hair and blue eyes when, and everybody was in Africa. So he was like a mutant. So he was like, not okay. They left him to die. The aliens took him and then like made him into the god. Got so it. we have him. We have Atlantis. They're birds. That's the thing that gets me is that the aliens are like birds. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's where they come from. Well, that makes me want to read all of this way more. So for that, <laughs> so I'm t- so we're just going to end the discussion plan. there. We're ending the discussion there because really okay. you can't can't go anywhere else after bird gods. So <laughs> go watch go watch Interview with a Vampire and see if you can see how it's going to get there. <laughs> yeah, and you connect the dots and tell me how it how it does. Um, <laughs> so then let's quickly just say what we're uh, we're really excited to see this week. Uh, the movie that came out this weekend is a tentpole summer blockbuster movie, and that would be The Flash. Correct. I am seeing it on Friday night while I'm down here in Orlando. Yeah, which would be tonight of the release. Oh, yes. Once we release. Yes, so I'll be seeing it tonight. You'll be seeing it tonight. And so that's very mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to see it. It might be Sunday. Okay. Who's to say? Who's to say? It'll be in time for us to talk about it next week. That's all that matters. It will be in time to talk about it next week. I'm very excited. I have high hopes for it, even though it feels like it does look really good. It feels like it's going to be good, and I'm really excited to just kind of like experience this and then kind of hit that reset button Mm -hmm. because Shazam 2 was not great. Um, Yeah. The DC movies just haven't hit at all for me, really. Mm hmm. And so it'll be nice to kind of potentially see this chapter of DC movies end and we can move on. And then hopefully uh, James Gunn kind of resurrects it and we get stuff worth watching. And, you know, if we don't like it, Ed, if it's disappointing, sure, we can quickly say that it's disappointing. And then we can talk about Spider-Verse, which I did see, which was not disappointing at oh. all. Um, <laughs> the more I, I the more I think about Into the Spider Verse, the more I love it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great. You know, like so. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> It'll right. be far enough that we can kind of everybody will have seen it. And we can have like a another mini review episode like we just did. Yeah. So. So. All right. This and was so fun. That's it, right? Uh, uh, I think that's it. I mean, obviously, you get me talking about. Yeah, those right. books, and I could go forever, but um, this isn't a this isn't a book show, <laughs> so <laughs> this isn't a interview with a vampire show or an Anne Rice show. Although maybe, maybe who's I to say? Do one of those. <laughs> you should. You should just do an Anne Rice book club show. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Between the Screens. I have been at the Eddie McCabe. That's it. That's it. I'm at Stacy LM78. You can talk to us about all sorts of stuff. Talk to me on the Twitter machine and then put your requests in, you know, just yeah. request, request something. If you sure. want to let us know if there's something you want us to watch and deep dive into. Yeah. And, right. you know, if there's supporting materials, I'll probably use them as well, because I have issues with just 
watching a movie and not doing everything else around it. <laughs> sure. Right. So, you know, hit us up, hit us up, give us your suggestions, your recommendations, please like, share, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. If you don't like us, tell your enemies. <laughs> I don't care. As long as somebody listens, I just want you to listen. If you don't like us, I'm sure you have enemies. Yeah. That's really <laughs> If you don't like us, you're the problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye.